you have your Bibles in front of you, please turn to the 20th Psalm. Psalm number 20. Psalm number 20. I want to talk to you tonight about praying one for another. Psalm number 20. Many people are not aware that the uh, Ryman Auditorium, which is home of the Grand Old Opry, was originally called the Union Gospel Tabernacle. It was built as a venue for the preaching of evangelist Sam P. Jones. And Sam Jones was known for what he called his quitting meetings. Uh, He would preach and urge his audience to quit swearing, quit drinking, quit smoking, quit lying, quit gossiping, or quit doing anything that displeased the Lord. Well, on one occasion, the woman comes forward and he asks her, says, ma'am, what exactly is it that you're quitting? And she says, I'm not. She says, I'm guilty of not doing something and I'm going to quit that, too. There are a lot of us that need to quit doing nothing. And maybe the first place we need to start is in our prayers, one for another. First Samuel 12, 23, the prophet Samuel says, moreover, As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. He calls it a sin. Matter of fact, one of the greatest sins of omission is our failure to pray for one another. Most Wednesday nights, we give out a list of people who need prayer. People with various needs, we read those names out. But sometimes I can't help but wonder how many of us really pray for them. How often do you pray for them? What do you pray for them? Well, here's a psalm that helps you and I understand how to pray for one another. Look with me beginning in verse 1 of Psalm number 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in our salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we ask for you to speak to us tonight. You have ordained that it is through the preaching of your word that you speak to us. You change us. You minister to us. I pray tonight that you do exactly that. Even though we're not together, Lord, your spirit is with each one of us. Help us to hear what your spirit says to us and to obey it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Scholars tell us this psalm is originally written as a prayer for the king of Israel. During a worship service, when the king was riding out to battle, 
they would sing this psalm, they would pray this prayer over the Lord's anointed. But the words don't just apply to Israeli kings. French theologian John Calvin writes, many interpreters view this prayer as offered up only on one occasion. But the design of the Holy Spirit, in my judgment, was to deliver to the church a common form of prayer. In other words, it's not just a prayer for the king, and it's not just a prayer for you. It's a prayer for us. It's an outline of how we pray for one another. Let's begin with the first item on this prayer list. Lord, answer us. It's what we hope for when we pray, isn't it? We want God to hear us. We want God to answer us. And in the words of this first verse, we want him to do that, in the, especially in the day of trouble. Small Kentucky church, there's a little boy. Like most little boys, he's having a hard time behaving. He can't seem to stay still. He keeps talking during the preaching. And finally, his mother has enough. With a switch in one hand and his arm in the other, she begins to march him outside. And just before he disappears out the door, he yells back to the congregation, y'all pray for me now. We live in troubled times. So in trouble, it's natural for God to hear and answer our prayers. But it's just as important for God to hear and answer our prayers for one another. The Bible makes this connection in James chapter 5 and verse 16, where scripture says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In other words, praying for one another is one of the means through which God answers our prayers. There have been times when I have felt so burdened that I could barely pray at all. I felt like my prayers weren't even touching the ceiling. But then someone else prayed for me and the answer came. Most, if not all, of the people on our prayer list are there because they're facing the day of trouble. What if God's way of answering their prayer is not just from their praying, but through your praying for them? Lord, I join with my brother, my sister in prayer. Lord, I, I ask you to answer their prayer in the way you know is best. Help them recognize your answer. Help them have the grace to accept your answer. Lord, answer us. That's how we ought to pray for one another. Second item on this list is Lord, protect us. It's a very common prayer right now, isn't it? We're doing everything we can to protect ourselves. And yet in the back of our minds, we're worried that it may not be enough. You keep your hands clean. You stay away from anybody who might give it to you. And you pray. And you ask God to keep you safe. Well, that's also a prayer we ought to pray for one another. As this king rides out to war, he rides out on his horse dressed in his battle armor Surrounded by men that have sworn to give their lives to protect him. And yet these people understand that that's not enough. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. 
They pray for God's protection for for their king. We need to pray for God's protection for each other. Now, the people that are closest to you, it comes pretty easy to pray for them. I know a special little boy that I pray especially for God to protect him. But we can't just limit our prayers to our immediate family. We ought to pray, Lord, protect us for all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we don't just need to pray for protection from the virus. There are a lot of other dangers that threaten us. We need to pray for protection from fear. Worry can cripple you faster than even sickness can. We need to pray for protection from discouragement. The media tells you the sky is falling. It can be easy to give in to despair. We need to pray for protection from temptation. The devil never wastes a good crisis. He uses what's happening around us to tempt us. The scripture makes it clear we need to pray for God's protection over each other. Even Paul, even Paul, the great apostle, prayed and asked others to pray for his protection. In Romans chapter 15, verse 30 and 31, he says, Now I beg you, brethren, through the the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe. If Paul asked for protection, we can ask for protection. If Paul asked for other people to pray for his protection, we ought to do the same, and we ought to be willing to pray. Lord, protect us. The third item on our prayer list for each other is Lord, help us. One of the hardest things for a lot of us to admit, hardest thing for a lot of us to say, I need help. That's why you refuse to read the instructions and you make a mess. It's why couples never seek counseling for their marriage problems. Why alcoholics never overcome their addiction. We have a stubborn streak inside of us that says, I have this under control. I don't need anybody else. Now, to be sure, there are some things that's true about, but not everything. There are times you have to realize that it's bigger than you are. You don't have a handle on it. You can try to keep trucking, but you, at some point, you realize it's bigger than you are some point you have to admit that you need help. Now, I can imagine that would be especially difficult for a king. A person who has power is many, many times blinded to their weaknesses. Uh, I'm sure when he rides out to war, he's confident that he has all he needs for victory. But the prayers of his people recognize his need for help. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. The sanctuary is the temple of Jerusalem. That is a place where the Jews believe the presence of God dwells. And these people pray and they say, Lord, we want you to protect our king with more than just spears and swords. Matter of fact, down in verse 7, it says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. In the same way, we have to ask for the Lord to help us to pray for others to receive God's help. 
And that usually begins when, when we have to realize and admit that we need help. You ever tried to help somebody that doesn't want it? You can't help anybody with an attitude like that. Not until they give up trying to do it alone. God will let you keep straining until you wear yourself out. Until you look up to heaven and you say, Lord, I need your help. We need to pray that for each other. That we come to the point where we admit that we need God's help. When I was a much younger man, I owned a brown 1963 Dodge Dart. It's a kind of a small car with uh, the signature fins on the back. A friend of mine is traveling with me when the uh, tire blows on the passenger, front passenger side. And so, you know, we're young and strong. We get out to change it. And I pull and I strain as hard as I can, and those lug nuts will not budge. My buddy takes over. And he's sweating and he's straining and the lug nuts won't budge. Finally, a gentleman sees us having problems, stops and asks if he can help us. And we tell him our problem. We can't can't get these lug nuts to turn. And he kind of chuckles. He said, well, there's a reason for that. The reason is because on a Dodge Dart, they are threaded the opposite way. I found out later Chrysler did that to try to keep the wheels from falling off. I suppose he and I would still be there trying to change that tire if someone had not helped me. We tug and we pull, we set, sweat and we strain, and we don't get anywhere. And God asked, would you like me to help you? No, no, Lord, no. I've got it. We need to pray, not only for ourselves, but for each other. Help us, Lord, humble ourselves enough to admit we need your help. Help you help us trust you with the burdens and problems that are too heavy and too hard for us to handle. Item number 3 on our prayer list. Lord, remember us. Remember us. Why would you ask someone who never forgets to remember you? And yet throughout the scriptures people pray for God to remember them. Psalm 25, 7 says, Do not remember the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Psalm 106 and 4 says, Remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have towards your people. O visit me with your salvation. And of course, we all remember the prayer of the thief on the cross. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. In each one of these verses, the word remember does not mean to call something back to mind because God never forgets anything. Whenever you read in the Bible, somebody asking God to remember them, what they're praying is, God, fulfill your previous promise. God, remember us by keeping your promise. The people who are praying for their king ask God to keep his promise to accept the king's worship. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. They know that if God does not remember the king, if God does not keep his promise to accept these offerings and sacrifices, then the king will not be under God's blessing. The king will be under God's curse. 
And that's why they pray for God to remember him. And that's why you and I should pray for God to remember us. Now, you and I don't offer animal sacrifices. We trust in a once-for-all sacrifice. Hebrews 10.10 says, We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hebrews 10.14 says, For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified by one offering. Here's the thing. You and I, or God does not need reminding, but you and I do. You see, you probably don't always feel saved. You don't always feel forgiven. It's easy to forget that we have not been saved to sin, but to be saved from sin. And on those occasions, we need to remember God's promise. We need to remember what it cost him to save us. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, You were not redeemed with corruptible things like gold or silver, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We need to pray, Lord, remember us. Remember us by reminding us we're saved, not by the sweat of the sheep, but by the blood of the lamb. On June 22, 1997, 42-year-old parachute instructor Michael Costello of Mount Dora, Florida, jumps out of an airplane at 12,000 feet. And at the same time, a student diver or a student parachutist jumps out with him, 21-year-old novice Gareth Griffith. And at some point during the descent, Gareth pulls his ripcord and nothing happens. His parachute fails. Plummeting toward the ground, he faces certain death. But just before he hits the ground, his instructor rolls under Griffith, so he will hit the ground first. As soon as they hit the ground, the instructor is killed instantly. Griffith walks away with a fractured spine, but he's not paralyzed. And I am sure he never forgets the man who gave his life so he could live. And neither should we. Lord, remember us. Our final item on our prayer list for one another is, Lord, give us. I was reading a book on prayer the other day, and uh, it reminded me of something that's so simple. I I knew this, but it struck me. It struck me for some reason. The author says that throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, when you see the word pray, what it means is to ask for something. And that's the bottom line. We're asking God for something. These people are asking God to give the king two things. First of all, to give us success. Verse 4 says, May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. Now, that prayer almost sounds like asking too much. Are they praying for God to grant any whim of the king? Are they asking God to fulfill the king's plans and purposes? Well, that all depends. When the king's desire 
lines up with God's desire, when the king's purpose lines up with God's purpose, that's what they pray for. Because that's the biblical definition of success. And it is only this kind of success that connects to the second half of the request. Give us joy. Verse 5 says, we will rejoice in your salvation. In the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. The king's success is the secret to the people's joy. You can trace the path from God's heart to the king's heart, from God's purpose to the king's purpose, from the success of the king to the joy of the people. How does this connect with how we pray for one another? We should pray for each other's success. We ought to ask God to grant the desires of the hearts of those we pray for that line up with his desires. We need to ask God to fulfill his purpose in their lives. We need to pray that in our success, we find his joy. Another psalm expresses it much simpler. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord. Delight yourself in his desires. Delight yourself in his purpose. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. That's why we should pray for one another. Lord, give us your desires. Give us your purpose. Fill us with your joy. I recently read something interesting about the giant sequoia trees of California. They can reach a height of 311 feet. It's estimated that some of them have been around for 3,200 years. They often weigh as much as 2.7 million pounds. Their branches are about 8 feet in diameter. Their base is about 400 feet wide. When you look at other trees, the reason why they don't fall is because they have a deep root system. Roots that dig far into the ground and the more... The, the deeper they go, the more stable the tree is. So the, the tree doesn't blow over whenever there's a storm. But that's not true about sequoias. And in fact, the roots of the sequoia tree barely reach below the surface. What keeps them from blowing down is that they grow in groves. Their roots intertwine with each other. They strengthen one another. And when the strong winds come, they literally hold each other up. That's what you and I need to do. We need to hold each other up. Hold each other up in prayer. Ask the Lord to answer us. Ask the Lord to protect us. Ask him to remember us. Pray for his help. Pray he will give us the desires of our heart, the desires that are in tune with his desires purposes that are according to his purpose. Tonight, we've saved the end of the service to be a time to pray for one another. We usually have a prayer list, but tonight you may have one at home. And I want to ask you to please pray for those who are in need. I will especially ask you to pray for Mr. Ronnie Wigginton, who's going to be having tests tomorrow, a scan run, 
And I know he and Miss Patty are looking for a good result. So I ask you to pray especially for them. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, your word says that we are to love our neighbors, we love ourselves. One of the ways we can do that is by praying for one another. And Lord, we are surrounded by people that need prayer. They need your help. They need your protection. And we lift them up to you and ask you, Lord, be gracious to them. Give them what you know they need. Answer their prayers. Lord, we especially pray for Brother Ronnie Wigginton that you would please be with him and you please give him a good report tomorrow. And Lord, we thank you again for being here with us. And we pray, Lord, that you will please help us to trust you, to let the world see the courage and the strength that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. Lord, we would pray that in some way you would lead other souls to you during this time of trouble. Many times it is trouble that drives us to your arms. And I pray, Lord, you would please do that in our nation. among all those we know that do not know you. Lord, we would glorify you and praise you for what you do in us and through us and for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Be sure and come back and join us this Sunday at 11 o'clock for our Sunday morning live stream worship service. Thank you and God bless.